Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office supplies at huge savings? Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott with you. It is currently 1233 in Edmonton. Oilers now brought to you by our title sponsor, Digitex. Keep texting us on the Ashley Fine Floors text line uh, at 780-496-0063. Don't be uh, offended if we don't get to your text. Uh, we get several hundred of them a day. Uh, I know yesterday during the Ken Holland interview, we, I, I think I got two or three texts from people asking, hey, Bob, would Ken Holland trade uh, Ethan Bear for Jake DeBrusque? So I read that text not to Ken Holland because Ken can't comment on a player from another organization. I read that to Brian Lawton of the NHL Network, and we had a brief conversation on it. And guys in Boston would tell you, well, there's no way they could trade a first-round draft choice who scored 27 goals uh, for a guy that was a fifth-round pick that, you know, uh, played 21 minutes a game last year at Edmonton. And fans at Edmonton would say, have you seen the analytics on Bear? And somehow it's like, oh, they're pushing this. It was a text that came in from somebody uh, that we were responding to. That is known as being radioed. We'll try not to radio our next guest, courtesy of uh, Canadian Power Pack, Alberta's leader in electrical construction service, electrical prefabrication and solar. It is all part of the grist, though, at this time of the year. We welcome back to the show from the NHL Network, longtime NHL goalie, and a guy who uh, I will predict in the course of the next 24 months will be a president of an NHL team, Kevin Weeks from the NHL Network. How are you doing, Kevin? Stop. I'm great, buddy. Hope you and the fans are doing well out there in uh, in Berta as well. Everything's good with us here. 14 and five in the last 19 games, Kevin. Like tough three game stretch against the Leafs, but the reality is, the Oilers are 14 and five in the last 19. It's it. There, there's been tougher days than what we're going through right now. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, totally. I mean, in a lot of ways, they're cooking right now. You know, the power play overall has been good. I think all things being equal. You, you always know what you're going to get out of Connor and Leon, two of the best players on planet Earth. But Tyson Berry's come in and, and brought some some nice offense to the back end as expected. Darnell having a career season so far uh, offensively in terms of goals scored and, and bringing some toughness too. Yamamoto's been really good. And somebody I've heard you talking about is uh, Jesse Pugliarby, 2.0. He's been really good. I, I think he's... He's grown, he's matured, he looks a lot more comfortable in his skin and comfortable in his game. And overall, the Oilers have certainly been more complete. They're on a nice stretch right now, no question. Some people say, Kevin, well, they're, they're you know, they're 6-0 against Ottawa, so they're just uh, 11-11 against the other teams. But you still got to beat Ottawa. Like, that's the point here, you know. Uh, the Flames are 2-2-1 and against Ottawa this season, and that's part of the reason why they're, they got a sub-500 winning percentage and Edmonton's a bunch of points ahead of them. You know what I mean? 
Totally. Well, ask the folks in Montreal how that went. Uh, Edmund, not Edmonton, but Ottawa, rather, the Sens have kind of had their way with Montreal earlier in the season, and that some people that I've spoken to close to the Montreal Canadiens feel like that's a big part of what cost Claude Julien his job, not in its entirety as a reason, but certainly one of the reasons. So, look, you got to play the games that are in front of you. Like, it doesn't matter what you're doing. You could be in the brick tournament. Like, you got to play the games that are in front of you. I've, I've heard people say that before. And, yeah, of course, you want to be objective in how your team plays and who they're playing against. But, hey, the games are on the schedule. You've got to win them. And, and, and you can't apologize for winning against any opponent. That, that's the objective every time you take the ice. We have Louis DeBrusque and George LaRock coming up later on in the show today. Uh, mm. But I'm going to ask you this question anyways. You brought up Darnell Nurse. He's playing 25 minutes a game. He's plus 13 this yep. year. He's got 19 points. He's been terrific. He's he's become a, a – nobody would debate right now in oil country that he's a top two defenseman for the Oilers. There's no question he is. So that being mm-hmm. said, what were your thoughts – as a flat Edmonton Oilers team was getting run over by Calgary in the first period when Darnell Nurse took the fight against arguably the toughest player uh, in the NHL, Milan Lucic, the other night. What was crossing your mind in that situation? Love it. I loved all of it. I, mean, I did. I mean, obviously, when you look at the size differential in terms of the weight disparity, and, and although Milan has trimmed down enough, as you would all know, considerably from his time in, in Boston, but he's one of the toughest players in the league, Milan is. And look, when the Oilers did look flat to that point, to have Darnell sense that, recognize where they were, now that's a sign of leadership too. There's different ways to lead. Sometimes it's a key shot block. Sometimes it'll be a great back check, uh, you know, a diving deflection in the D zone so that that one goes up in the netting above the net. But to take on that assignment, that's the one that, that's why all the boys were going crazy on the bench. Like, you know, for him to be able to say, hey, listen, I'm giving up about a good 25 pounds here against Milan Lucic, who is a heavyweight or a super heavyweight in that class. I thought that was awesome by Darnell. And you know what? At the end of the day, you know, sometimes when, even though Darnell can throw them, and we know he's tough, but he's long and rangy, but for him to take on that assignment, that says a lot about him and the leadership that he's bringing. And as you said, it's full-spectrum leadership. Like, watching you guys, on a nightly basis at home or more importantly as often as I am on the NHL network almost nightly. You know, when I watched Darnell Nurse's game, and he's a guy that my dad watched him play minor hockey back home with the Don Mills Flyers in the GTHL. So I, and I watched him since he got to the Sioux. This is the most complete he's playing, and he looks to be playing with ease too. And I don't mean like the games are easy, but his reads, his timing, his spacing – Everything he's doing right now, the combination of obviously scoring goals, having a career year, but as you said, 25 minutes time on ice up and among the the leaders in the league. He's just somebody that Coach Tippett could throw over the boards in any situation against any matchup right now, which is great. We've had this discussion, Kevin Weeks joining us for our friends at Canadian Power Pack. Kevin, we've had this discussion with our listeners for years, and I would say here's why you can bet on Nurse to continuously improve, because he works. I mean, he ha- guys can have skill. But when they put yeah. in the when they put in the extra time, those are the guys that continuously get better as players, and that's why I felt Nurse had a chance to continuously get better. Just as and Oilers fans, they know this. There's only one reason why Leon Drysaddle has become a top five player in the world. And that's because he's worked his ass off. It's that simple. Totally. Right. And and people's you know. Yeah. Now now a benefit because McDavid 100%. is. 
McDavid is... We, and, and you know what, Kevin? We saw that here in the early 80s. Mm. There was a book called The Game of Our Lives by Peter Zosky, Osmosis, mm. and he, that's the word he used. He talked about Mark Messi and Glenn Anderson and Yari Curry and Paul Coffey all getting better because they played with a great one. And the, the way the team, the team practiced. Now, did, over the course of your career, did you see guys continuously improve as players that maybe people didn't think, they, they thought there might have been some limitations to because they worked their butt off? Yeah, I mean, there'd be no better example than Marty St. Louis, right? Like, I played against Marty St. Louis in the old IHL, and him and his buddy Eric Perrin were playing in Cleveland in the old eye and I was in Fort Wayne and then Detroit and I remember playing against him and when our folks in Detroit our late owner now who owned the Pistons uh, rest his soul Mr. Davidson when he while owning the Pistons bought the Tampa Bay Lightning and I got traded to Tampa everybody's like who's this little diminutive guy I'm like this guy's a player man I played against him in the minors he can play and I, I tell the story I'll never forget and I know we've got a, a wide family audience, but it's post-game. We're literally in the shower in Tampa, and he's like, we see, you know, I know I could do more to help the team, you know. I know, I know I could do more to help the team. I'm like, Marty, I know you can. I played against you. I, I know you can. Go and tell Ludzi, who was our then coach, Steve Ludzik. I'm like, go and tell Ludzi. Go into his office and tell him. And I swear to God, within two years from that point, if I'm not mistaken, he was league MVP. And he went on to become one of the best players in the league and a Hall of Famer at that. And that's at a time when, as you know, diminutive players, say for maybe Theo Fleury, you know, up the road in Calgary, or down the road in Calgary, rather, and a couple of the other, Pat Verbeek and some small players, but Paul Correa. But the NHL was a very unfriendly environment to diminutive players. And Marty St. Louis threw exactly what you just described. And remember, we had Vinny LeCavier, who was young but becoming a great player, Brad Richards as well. Pavel Kabina, there are a bunch of us on that team that were young players that were kind of cutting our teeth. But through osmosis and through the way he was wired and the way he was raised, Marty St. Louis. So hopefully that could be a takeaway for a lot of the listeners that tune in to see just how much he's done to uh, just how much he's done to become the great player he became. But as you said, all through sheer work ethic and repetitions and the sweat equity to get better. Yeah, well, and I think you can extend that metaphor for virtually everybody that's successful, uh, you know, in, in in every walk of life. You know, that's just kind of how it works. Uh, I'm just trying to I'm just trying to think back to the uh, that the Flames. He was in was San Luis not yes. in they, he was in Calgary. Was, uh, they ex- yeah, he was they ex- in the American League with them. Yeah. They, and they did. They bought it. They did. They, they bought him out. And he became an unrestricted free agent. Like he, they exposed him for the draft. The, that, the, remember the expansion draft the one year, and then he ended yeah. up. Did they were like, yeah, we're going to terminate this contract. <laughs> guy, totally. I mean, totally. Could you imagine, like Kevin, two thousand four, Marty St. Louis in Tampa Bay, and some will say maybe Calgary deserved to win that series in six. Jelena was that right? Bucket, right, but. Marty St. Louis was a huge part of that Tampa Bay championship against the Flames. The irony of that is just flabbergasting, really, when you think about it. Awesome. 100%. I mean, that's that you're right. For that to get bookended that way, it tells you everything. And I think the bigger thing, too, as I mentioned, for you know a lot of the listeners uh, back there in Alberta, too, like I know a lot of your young girls and young boys that aspire to play, and I'm sure, Stop, I know you probably have some guys that are playing in the AJ and that are playing, you know, they might be listening in Brooks, Alberta, or wherever they may be. And for a lot of them, you know, to hear 
stories of inspiration as they aspire to play at a higher level too and make the league themselves. Like these are things that you can learn from. And you know what, stop. You know, you know this as well as I do. Now with all the resources and the tech that's available for these young girls and boys, you can go on YouTube. You can get on the internet. You can Google. There's a lot of ways to find out about said players, like a Martin Saint Louis who, who worked hard for everybody for everything he had. A guy like Fernando Pisani, number 34, up there in Edmonton, who had such a big run in their run to that Stanley Cup final and was such a key, consistent player in their bottom six and making big plays and scoring big goals. It's not always the next Connor McDavid or the next Gretz or the next, um, you know, Leon or Mess or Kevin Lowe or Grant Fuhrer. Remember, the Oiler teams, when they're at their best, they had really, really good glue pieces as well, right? Really. So whether it was Charlie Huddy, whether it was uh, Marty McSorley, Kevin Lowe, I mean, Marty Jelena, who you just mentioned, Ken Lindsman, uh, Dave Semenko, there were glue players too that were really a part of their success. And I think, too, Stoff, when we talk about this current band of the uh, inversion of this Edmonton Oilers team, that's why when you and I talk, we talk so much about some of the unheralded players and some of the guys in the bottom six, like a Jujar Karen, and some of these other players, because you know what you're going to get from your top-end players. But to go deep in the Stanley Cup playoffs and to get to the final, you need every single person on your roster, and those depth players uh, have to be a part of that as well. So I think that's a big part of why, to this point, Doyle, you know, and you look, you rattled off their record, but now they've climbed to second in the Scotia North Division right now because they're getting production a little bit more up and down the lineup. Kevin Weeks joining us right now from the NHL Network. So, Kevin, you mentioned Jujar. Devin Shore is another guy. Uh, Alex yes. Chason. Great all pass. Fr- yeah, great pass. So all, all three of those guys, Kevin, have come off of the taxi squad. When you played, you didn't have the limited 23-man roster. You would have an entire line of forwards, an extra pair of defensemen. Uh, I don't know how often you guys had three goalies up at that time. But how do you think the complexion of having the taxi squad has changed it specifically for maybe bottom six forwards and third-pairing defensemen and just the urgency that those guys have to play with because there's always somebody around that they can move in and out of the lineup? I mean, it's huge, right? It's really huge because having those players on board and in such close proximity and there – I mean, I've spoken to numerous coaches and GMs about this around the league. You thought practices mattered before? And you thought being a quote-unquote extra or, you know, one of the Black Aces group or whatever the case may be, you thought that, hey, (laughs) those coaches now, assistant coach, goalie coach, whoever it is, they're exchanging that information daily. And if the taxi squad guys are not practicing with the main group in certain instances or whether they are, but the simple fact that they're in such close proximity, you know, stop. There's a big difference between being in Stockton, California, and being around the group at Edmonton, right? Like, there's yeah. a huge difference there, right? Just, I mean, just in terms of eyeballs, okay, what's your attitude like? What's the energy like? Are you rolling your eyes after every drill? Do you want to do the drills? Are you enthusiastic? enthusiastic? Are you bringing top-level energy to the building every day? Are you upbeat? You know, all those different things. How are you in the post post-practice workout are you a leader are you showing leadership like all those different things they're looking at and you know what hey instead of it having to be well we got word from our one of our you know our pro scouts who saw him down in you know the american league or whatever the case may be no they can see you you're right there 
And your point is well, well taken in that those guys can get recalled, and some of them have around the league, including the ones you mentioned. But you, those guys can get recalled to the big club and get an opportunity based on proximity and based on how they've conducted themselves on that tax, on that very taxi squad. Attitude defines altitude. All right, uh, Matt Murray. Totally. Matt Murray. I mean, I'm looking at the They started the year 1-7-1. and I think Ottawa's played better of late, especially over the last yep. 20, until last night, uh, in large part because they moved to more of a transition D, and I know you referenced Tyson Berry with the Oilers, but just with Matt Murray. Uh, what do you, what do you, you know, you played the position, you had a couple of seasons, I remember in Carolina, 9-12 save percentage in the early 2000s, back-to-back years on a pretty average team. That Those were good numbers. You were part of the reason why that team got the wins they did. But tell me about Matt Murray. Do you think he can get his game back from that level that he had with Pittsburgh uh, during those Stanley Cup years? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, I've heard about him coming down the pipe for a long time. Thunder Bay kid coming out of Sault Ste. Marie. Keep in mind, and for a lot of you listeners, Sheldon Keith and I played on those Tampa teams that I talked about, who happens to be the head coach of the Toronto Maple Leafs. But prior to that, and after he was coaching in uh, in the Ottawa Central Junior League there with Pembroke, coaching yeah. and owning that team, he was Sault Ste. Marie. And I asked him, I was like, tell me about this Matt Murray kid. So I've had my eye on Matt Murray for a while. And, of course, we know it's well documented. He was too good for the American League, shredded that up, and then came up and was awesome with Pittsburgh. Now, to answer you now, my thought is I think he's still in the process of rediscovering his game. He's had instances at the start of the season, to your point, where he struggled, and he didn't look at all like himself. He looked uncomfortable. And for the last, I'd say, probably 10 starts, he certainly looked a lot better and more comfortable in the net and had some really good games sprinkled in there as well. But i got to tell you, Stav, to your point, Matt Murray's talented. He's a big, tall goalie, not powerfully built, but he's long and rangy. He's certainly talented. He's won two cups. He's had an amazing start for, to his career. A couple things. Number one, um, the fact that his dad passed last year, I'm sure that weighed heavily on him. They also, him and his wife had a new baby. Then he got transitioned and, and, and moved over to Ottawa. There's been a lot going on. But if I just look at the on-ice stuff, there are times when he looks comfortable, and there are other times to me where he looks locked up. He doesn't look as fluid as as he did at times. He seems a little bit more locked up. So that would be something to look for in this matchup. But I would also say in closing that I really think you can't forget how to play the position overnight. But he's got to literally just continue to go back to the things that made him successful and make some adjustments and I'd like to see him become a little bit more unlocked, a little more fluid, a little more natural in his movement. He just looks very, for him, a little stiffer and a little more robotic than he looked when he first came up. And we also know he's had to overcome some injuries too. So can he do it? I think he can. I know he's gone back to the, the tinkering box a little bit to, to make some adjustments, but I think he's going to be a work in progress. But I think he can do it. He just has to rediscover those things and make some tweaks. Because as you know, Stoff, we talk about this all the time. And again, I'm sure again for a lot of your listeners that have played, that do play, you know it's a cat and mouse game between the shooters and the tenders. And the shooters are paying attention. And when they see the tendencies, they're like, ah, their eyes light up like saucers. They're like, okay, I've noticed that that game with the Oilers and, and uh, the Sens with Matt Murray. Okay, I saw it with Matt Murray against... You know, the, the Flames, for example, I'm targeting that when we get, you know, we get to, to play against them again. So 
I think he can do it, but it's going to still be a bit of a work in progress. Uh, it's funny because last night on the dry saddle player where he walked uh, Riley, uh, he went to the same move that he scored right. on Matt on Matt Murray last year in Pittsburgh yeah. in overtime. Remember, he, he came, the only I difference do. was he came up the center of the ice this time. That time he came off the left wall uh, on the partial on the breakaway, but he faked going to his backhand and then brought it back to his forehand and then went high to the blocker's side for the GWG. One final one for you, very quickly. Uh, the Oilers signed Tyson Berry on October uh, the 10th in the morning. Fans were pretty excited because he took a cheap one-year deal. Later that day, they signed Mike Smith, and the fans were all over the Edmonton Oilers. Um, and I'll be the first to admit, I didn't, I didn't think Mike Smith would be 8-2 with a 927 save percentage through his first 10 starts this year. Uh, is this a case, Has he found the fountain of youth, or is this guy just a, a guy that's a great athlete that's been able to uh, put it together to start the year? What do you think? I think it's a bit of both, to be honest with you. I mean, you know, Smitty's, he's shredded his seat. I mean, he's a, he's a physical specimen by way of his size and his power and his fitness level, especially for a goalie. He's in incredible shape in general. He always has been. It's been one of his hallmarks. And you just mentioned that. I've said this before. I don't think a lot of people know that he played, he played like fast pitch nationally for Canada. Like this guy is, he's an athlete too. It's not just, a one-dimensional hockey player that's an amazing athlete at what he does, but he has a lot of agility. He's got a great glove hand. You know he handles the puck exceptionally well, but I almost think, too, stop something that I don't know if Smitty's mentioned this, but I really think that the, the delayed start to the season was of a benefit to him. I think so, just based on his age and how long he's played, how many games he's played in over his career, and to have the opportunity to have an extended off season, if you will, I think that really helped him. I think physically that helped him get to a spot to where he was healed up. He felt good. And even though we know he had that injury early, I spoke to him and he said, it's not going to be that long. Well, it turns out he was consequently out longer than, than he had uh, indicated to me. But since he returned and on that road trip to Ottawa, as you remember, he's been money since he's returned. He's, he's looked really, really good. So I do think it's a part of the fountain of youth and maybe he's uh, having a lot of acai bowls and drinking acai and goji and having some ginseng. And all those, all those great things that that foster health benefits and help people regain the fountain of youth. But I think in addition to that, the extended off season and his commitment to training allow him to uh, to continue to play at a high level the way he has to this point in the season. He's been excellent. The odd soft goal here and there, which happens to the best of us and any goalie, we can attest to that, former and current. But uh, overall, and you've been lock on with this. His numbers have been outstanding so far. What was he drinking? I just, what were the three things you said he was drinking? <laughs> acai, acai, as some people pronounce it, goji juice, and and ginseng. All right, so. I know, uh, you're, I know you're running to the health store. You probably got a deal cooked up somewhere downtown Edmonton <laughs> to get yourself set up at some I supplement store. I know you. I was going to say, you know, I guess my combination of sugar-free Rockstar, Bailey's, Chardonnay, and beer isn't working. Hey, that's you saying. Uh, it, uh, it is working. It's just having a different effect for different reasons. That's all. But it's there working. you go. There you go. We all find our ways to get through things. Kevin Weeks from the, NHL, from the NHL Network, thank you for joining us. We'll hook up next week, Kevin, all right? Thanks, my brother. Anytime. And thanks to all the fans out there for tuning in, man. Hope everybody's doing well and staying positive. There you go. That is. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Kevin Weeks, uh, courtesy of our friends at Canadian Power Packets, 1256 in Edmonton. Back uh, with the Oilers Now Injury Report in one minute's time. Hi, this is Connor McDavid from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chad. Yeah, he's leading the league in scoring. That's all. Again, I'd like to thank Kevin Weeks, courtesy of Canadian Power Pack. Kevin Weeks with the NHL Network. Canadian Power Pack, Alberta's leader in electrical construction service, electrical prefabrication, solar. We'll tell you that guests and Oilers now receive gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. Whether you're celebrating a special moment or simply savoring a night on the town, every meal is an occasion at Roos Chris Steakhouse. To the Oilers now, injury report brought to you by James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. For every goal the Oilers score this season, James H. Brown donates $100 to 630 Chad Santa's Anonymous. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. 630 Chad Studio. Brennan Escott, uh, Ken Holland, and we lost about four minutes of our interview yesterday, but uh, some good, uh, well, some interesting news coming out of a Holland presser today. Here's Brennan. Okay, well, uh, first of all, Oscar Clefbaum, according to Ken Holland, will have surgery on that shoulder later this month in Cleveland. This is per a tweet from Reed Wilkins, so I guess that's a, a long-awaited answer as to whether he was actually going to undergo the procedure or not. Tippett uh, saying earlier as well that Cass needs uh, more one more clearance from a doctor before he can get into any battle action and he probably will embark on this road trip with the team uh, as I understand it Kyle Turris remaining in COVID protocol Bob and Josh Archibald still day-to-day of course with the upper body injury we know about uh, Ottawa without Derek Stepan he's done for the year with shoulder surgery as well Jets defenseman uh, Nathan Bolio officially placed on the IR after uh, in all likelihood breaking his hand on a blocked shot there Josh Norris will not play tomorrow. He is out uh, for the Sens after he careened into the boards. Looked like an ankle injury. Uh, Ryan Dezingle, game time decision. Yes. Uh, Tony Breyer reporting via Twitter that Ken Holland says Oscar Clefbaum scheduled to have surgery in Cleveland between March uh, 20th to March the 25th. So generally speaking, shoulder surgery is about a six-month to an eight-month recovery period for what it's worth if he does elect to decide to continue to play. We will head off to a global news weather traffic update at 1 o'clock with Eileen Bell. Back with the big man, Louis DeBrusque, when we return on Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.